0: Welcome to Fantastic Females, our adventure to finding the mythical island of
1: freedom together. I'm Kalyani. And I'm Rupali. We are your next-door finance experts sharing our experiences in the world of money and energetics. This is Episode 3, where we shine the light back on you as our listener.
0: So, we've put together a quiz. um I think we've gone over introducing ourselves we've gone over introducing the podcast and our ideas with that, and we've together put together a and we've put together a quiz for this episode for you to take some constructive kind of feedback back which helps you reflect on where you are today.
1: The idea around this quiz is really for you to have a small framework in terms of understanding where you are and how all the information we're about to get into is relevant to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can find the quiz in the show notes. um, And we do recommend for you to go through it. And this ties back into our aim to make this as a financial coaching kind of setup where we ask the questions and we help you work through your financial goals and expectations.
1: So, consider this your first session to get more clarity, because today is all about you.
0: Yay! Um, so, starting with the very first kind of question, um, which is a milestone question, how do you feel about money? How do you think it relates to yourself in future? What do you think of when you think of money? And I think this really takes into, takes into account the mindset that you have around money and... Um, it's really the foundation that we want to start with because we were both introduced to a lack mindset and an abundance mindset. Because we were both introduced to the dichotomy between a scarcity mindset or a lack mindset versus an abundant mindset. And let me tell you, it has nothing to do with your account or your bank balance.
1: So there are two parts of this, right? With money, there's Yes, we know money is the cash you spend when you want to go and buy things. But what does money and wealth mean to you today? The reason we ask this question today is because we're starting our journey together. And so it's a nice way to check in with yourself in terms of where you're at today versus where you could be in in a few episodes time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And um, like I said, it has nothing to do with how your finances look um, in uh, monetary terms. What it has to do with um, more so is, I'm repeating myself, but how you feel. So, Scarcity mindset will be more to do with um, there's not enough to go around. If, um, if someone else is doing well, that means I'm feeling jealous because there's only
1: so much available in the economy, in the world. An example is, you know, when someone brings up money, when you think about your money situation, do you feel like there's not enough to go around or there's more than enough to go around?
0: Exactly. And a lot of times, um, what we think and feel comes across in the story that we tell about ourselves. So how do you talk about it within your mind, outside it, with your friends, with your parents? Um, When you receive it, when you spend it, do you receive it with the sense of wanting to just hold on to it so that it doesn't ever leave your bank account? When you spend it, do you feel a a pang of guilt or kind of
1: like a negative emotion that, oh, it's going away from you? And so, what are your ethics around it? So when you're spending money and when you're looking to buy something, is your mindset that, oh, I'd rather someone gives me a discount for it or would you be okay to pay fairly for it? Is your decision dependent on the discount?
0: Yeah, this is such a big one for us, like, you know, coupon shopping, all of us are guilty of it. Um, From a South Asian culture, we're always taught to look for the best bargain, or at least try your hand at a bargain, negotiate. where I also found for myself that I had a tendency of delaying, say, my telecom bill payment as far as I could. Just a natural tendency. Um, and these behaviors kind of lead to that lack mindset that we're talking about. There's also a lot of this energy when you compare yourselves with people around you. Um, how do you feel when you know that someone in your network earns a certain amount or... When you are asked to pay uh, a certain amount, let's say by your gardener, by a coach, um, do you feel like you're being shortchanged or you're being overcharged? Everything is a scam. If that's a feeling, then you know where uh, where your meter is in terms of abundance.
1: Yeah. um, And in terms of, you know, uh, scarcity and abundance, it really goes back to many other things, such as other resources, information resources. If someone wants help, if you see someone needs some kind of information, are you reluctant to contribute and share information, resources and time? Or are you completely open to collaborating and sharing what's required? That really also highlights to you your mindset around scarcity and abundance.
0: This is such a big one because a lot of us are working with our time resource and... Many of us don't share our time freely. We uh, don't feel like we want to give our time to, let's say, um, doing any pro bono work because we don't feel that we have an abundance of time and we make that into a story. A lot of us can only talk about how many of us have heard our parents say money doesn't grow on trees. But maybe it can and maybe there is always enough to go around and that's kind of where we're coming from. I think Personally, from my experience i 've really had to learn almost that money is an energy that is best in flow when it 's allowed to be in flow in terms of it 's going to come and go. There is no point trying to hold on to it, and this has been a
1: big part of my personal journey I think something to also consider is um, you know scarcity and abundance actually plays across our lives it 's not just this is a huge topic that is not only linked to money, like we mentioned, time is an aspect and every aspect of your life, you know, is to an extent linked to scarcity and abundance. So when you're communicating with your spouse, when you're communicating with your family, how controlling are you of things, you know, so do you dictate or micromanage out of the fear of failure, for example, that could be seen as scarcity versus Completely open and trust, and that's abundance. So, this is a very big topic, but this is what we kind of think in terms of, in a nutshell, how can you understand yourself better around scarcity and abundance mindset?
0: That would be our first milestone in terms of setting the tone uh, for our financial coaching together. So, the next thing that would um, come in would be something a lot more practical to ask yourself and be realistic about how much you're earning today. What would you like to be earning? And just kind of have that in a very formal
1: way mentioned for yourself. And also for people that are not yet earning students, people that are not working, looking to get back into work. Work doesn't mean corporate job. It just means some form of income. When we say work, that's the broad term, but any source of income. So what would you like to be doing? Um, are you earning today? You know, Those are the questions that were really just a quick check-in basically. Great. The next aspect would be what are your goals?
0: Uh, we like to have a division between short-term goals and long-term goals.
1: Along the time horizon, there's actually a wide spectrum. It is very specific to people's individual circumstances, as we will talk about in a bit. But for now, an example is breaking it down into short-term, midterm, and long-term.
0: So short-term for our discussion and for kind of how Rupali and I tend to look at it is three to six months. Um, Mid-term would be between six months to a year and long-term would be anything over that. And short-term goals look more like... purchases that you want to look at in the short term or loan payments, mortgages, etc. Midterm would be a bit more like holiday plans, upcoming payments, if you know your child is starting school and um, longer term payments would be more like purchases of a car, of a property, um, long term kind of retirement funds, etc. Each of these are big topics that need to be unpacked in their own sense. But we're just laying out the
1: foundation today. And the reason why it's important to understand your goals in terms of a time horizon is because that will ultimately impact what you do with your money today and where you invest it. Exactly. We would like to also just
0: briefly introduce the metric between urgency and importance of goals. And it's important to kind of place each of these goals into how important and how urgent they are. Um, We will be going into more details in following episodes, but just introducing this idea to our listeners today. So the next question to ask would be, why do you want to save money or why do you want to see it grow?
1: Yeah, and that's really to understand what you do. Again, all of these questions are really to bring us closer to understanding ourselves, yourselves better so that when we go into specific topics around investments, you can really pick up the information that's very relevant to you.
0: Yeah, and I would also like to link this back to um, where we started off this uh, podcast episode talking about scarcity abundance. I used to be one of those people until recently who would not feel good about going through these questions or such similar questionnaires, it would bring up a lot of resistance, I would feel really triggered, I would feel like I don't like what I see, I don't like what I'm being asked to think about. And maybe that's a good place to start as well to kind of just simply open yourself up to this discussion that itself is a good first step to take today. You can assess for yourself what your financial habits are, where you generally see the bigger chunks of money going. If they are going to any undesirable kind of heads, um, we term them as leaks, then you can plug the leaks
1: in time. And also, why do you want to save, invest or grow your money is very personal to each individual. uh, And so that's why... Google University may or may not help you because there's so much information out there. And this really brings it back to you and what you would like to do with your money, which is why these questions are very simple, but really important.
0: Absolutely. The next aspect would be if you have any knowledge or any existing investments, do you know where they are? Have your parents invested on your behalf? Um, What is your kind of investment portfolio looking like? If there's If there is one, then it's great to be aware of it. If there is none, then it's great to be aware of
1: the options available. And that's what we are here to help you with. Right. So quickly going back to savings versus investments is savings is what you don't spend today. And investments is what you do with your savings. And so where have you put your money? What have you done with your money? Have you inherited anything? Is there something that has come your way without a decision that you've made? And so that's where... That's what we are looking to understand.
0: Yeah, and also one simple kind of practical aspect to add to this is savings are normally kept as liquid funds. Liquidity is also um, liquidity also means accessibility to your funds. So savings would normally be an amount that you see yourselves needing in the short run, like one to three months. So you want to keep those funds quite accessible, whereas investments are done with a goal to see your money grow. And you, you may not have easy access to this money, um, and that's kind of the goal behind it.
1: Yep, and within investments, uh, there are two types of assets that we would like to highlight and explain a little bit briefly. Um, the two types are real assets and financial assets. And what real assets are, are an easy example is real estate. So a physical asset that you can see, feel, touch. That's a real asset. So
0: any tangible assets. Real estate is a great example. And also any heavy metals. A lot of our parents' generation, especially in the South Asian culture, loved owning gold as a form of investment. Gold, silver, copper, etc. are great examples
1: of real assets. And we'll get into it with a little bit more information. But on the surface, that is what a real asset is.
0: Yeah, and the next category would be financial assets. This is anything to do with finance, money, instruments. Most of these tend to be intangible. And um, they, they tend to be instruments that you kind of invest in. Um, and there are various permutation combinations of these as well available to us today. We'll be going into all of this in a
1: future episode. An example of financial assets are stocks, so the share market. So while it is an investment in a physical company that exists, of which the product you can touch and it's tangible, but it's in your hand, it's in essence, it's a paper investment.
0: Exactly. And also I would like to mention that we could include luxury items such as art, watches, Some people even invest in shoes and bags, also in real assets. Just to summarize, real asset examples are physical assets, such as real estate, such as heavy metals uh, like gold, silver, etc. Holding these metals in a physical form. And luxury items such as art, shoes, watches,
1: bags, etc. Whereas financial assets are, they're more like stocks, Um, Any investment in in, in basically a public company, uh, mutual funds, annuities, retirement plans, these kind of assets are more financial assets.
0: Exactly. Um, One thing I would like
1: to now segue into a little
0: bit, because a lot of us have a big chunk of our uh, funds tied into property investments um they are commonly considered as a good investment um but we would like to make a distinction between whether the property investment is for personal use so do you live in the property that you you think you've invested in or is it for income generation it's it slightly has a different connotation in terms of whether it's considered an asset to your portfolio or not
1: yep so traditionally we're all used to having real estate Again, within the South Asian culture, real estate is a popular investment. Um, Something to bear in mind is when you're investing in real estate, it could be done via cash, upfront payment, payment plan, or a bank financing mortgage, for example. And so that we will really go into in a little bit more detail in the future. But that's just something to bear in mind that those three categories mean different things for your investment portfolio.
0: Yeah, exactly. If if we want to touch upon this in in very like brief terminology, then if you're looking at this investment for personal use, then it comes down to very emotional kind of factors, very emotion uh, convenience based factors. Whereas if it's an investment, then depending on how it's been financed, whether it was paid upfront or if there was a mortgage, then the risk to reward between what you've laid out versus what you're going to earn in terms of rent needs to balance itself out or needs to make it worth your while. So a lot of people think of property actually as a liability because if you're paying a mortgage on it, it's not an income generating asset. So we are bringing this up today only to shine light and raise awareness in terms of knowing where you stand in terms of property which might be holding a big chunk of your funds.
1: Yep. An interesting question on on the property market is who is the biggest property owner in the world?
0: This is really interesting to know. um, But McDonald's actually, surprisingly, is a property business more than a burger's business. And they're the largest property owner on the face of earth.
1: Yeah. So this shows the difference in types of real estate. It's just—it's not just your house. It's not just the building you see. There are very many different options. There are even financial assets within the property field, such as real estate investment trusts, which we will go into. But just this is just to highlight how big a spectrum the property market really is.
0: Absolutely. Um, a lot of what we're saying today is just setting the tone for what's coming up and And we needed to have an introductory episode where we're just laying out all the terminology, laying out different modes of investment so that we make sure that we're all on the same page. And there are so many details that we're almost holding ourselves back from sharing today, um, only to go into more details when it's the right time so that we can really kind of optimize our learning here together. Lastly, I think I would like to end this
1: episode with an introduction to diversification. Yep. So diversification is a term that is very commonly used, but may not be as well understood. And so very, very briefly, diversification is to not put all your eggs in one basket, as they say. And what that means is when you have investments, no matter how excited you are about a particular investment, no matter how uh, safe you feel with a particular investment, you it's always important to diversify your assets, meaning invest a portion of your assets into different forms of investment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and we will be diving into how you can use this concept of diversification and apply it to your own personal scenario. Um, it's just important right now to understand that there is this concept of diversification. All of us take a call and no one
1: knows how to diversify
0: your own portfolio better than
1: yourselves the reason why diversification is so important is because one no one really knows what's going to happen with investments <laughs> yeah right as scary as it that sounds it's a reality on the ground and so the reason why you would want to diversify your money is so that you have different assets that are exposed to different things different levels of returns and the way we build our portfolio as Kalyani mentioned, is something that we were really excited to dig into in the future coming episodes.
0: I would also like to just um, share a personal experience in this regard, where last year, last quarter of 2021, all the chat in the trading community was around biofuels, around sustainable energy, around the growth sector, tech sector. Um, Some funds became really popular because of this. um, But... As 2022 hit, the market's taken a complete U-turn because of the war. Once again, we've we've seen a massive rise in the prices of oil stocks. People have been going towards utility-based businesses. So there's been a big push towards back towards more traditional businesses, which no one was touching back in quarter four of 2021. So if you're fully invested just in growth, which... Is, which was really popular at the time, then you are fully exposed to the risk that comes with those type of companies. So it just makes sense overall to have a wide variety of instruments and a good mix between liquid assets and illiquid assets, real assets and financial assets.
1: And basically the concept applies all across the board. Just to give an idea of what diversification could mean, This year, year to date, as of 31st of July 2022, stock markets have lost anything between 10 and 20 percent, whereas oil has gone up 31 percent. And so that just goes to show the power of having your eggs in different baskets and what it could mean in terms of performance.
0: Yeah, and I would also like to bring in the fact that growing up, you know, you would hear about any type of investments that your relatives or your parents might be a part of. And if based on whether they had a good or bad experience with it, um, they would term it risky or safe, etc. But it really depends on how much awareness they had and whether they knew what they were doing or not. And that applies to any of us. Uh, If, for example, you were in oil stocks from quarter four last year you would have made a killing by uh, July 31 uh, just as Rupali mentioned Um, whereas if you were fully into biofuels um, which a lot of the majority of trading community was talking of um, then your portfolio would be looking very different and you would be looking at some losses possibly So it really depends on where you enter the market, where you exit the market or or enter or exit any other financial investment. And it really comes down to awareness,
1: which is what we're here to build and help you with. So we're super excited to move forward in our journey in the episodes to come where we dive in a little bit deeper in terms of the topics we've discussed, where we're able to take the answer that you get from your quiz to make it relevant in terms of your personal situation and what you could do going forward. So please share this podcast, leave your
0: reviews, your comments to support us on our journey. We are so passionate about making your lives more abundant with this information.
1: So with that, we bring this episode of Our Financial Adventure to an end. Please follow us on all social media platforms at Fantastic Females.